What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Just Go Podcast. My name is Nick Glassitz. I am your host. Today's episode is my full keynote speech from Foam Universe, brought to you by Foam Daddy. So this was a super awesome and humbling experience. It's actually my first keynote speech I've ever given in my entire life. So it's arguably one of the first times I've ever been on a stage with a microphone. But I got to get up there and give a speech from the heart, full of passion, about something that I hold very close, which is team building, hiring. So the name of the speech was The Hiring Attitude. And I decided to name it that because I kind of come at this from a two-pronged approach. So the first part of the speech is me talking about the mentality that I try to keep myself in, my positive mentality that helps me build very, very successful teams and hire great people. And then the next part, the, the latter part of the speech, I kind of go into the interview process and then some tactical stuff like things you can actually do. Then we close out with a little bit of Q&A. That was absolutely amazing Q&A. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Oh, but before I do, please, two things. Number one, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, take two seconds right now. Go hit the button so you get notified whenever the podcasts come out. They'll be coming out at least weekly, if not multiple times per week. So you want to get notified. So hit that subscribe button. Number two, if you're a bounce house owner and operator, which most of you that listen to the show probably are, you can go to thejumpoffstore.com, get yourself some badass tools made by me, well, designed by me, and... You can get yourself some rolling straps, some lashing straps, adjustable water slide tethers. But as of right now, you can do it all and get 15% off of everything. Every single thing in the store is 15% off. My new cleaner, the wash off, is amazing. It's all organic. It's 15% off. So go to thejumpoffstore.com. Check it out. All right. Now, let's get into the speech. Here's my keynote from Foam, Foam Universe. I started to notice something that was a lot different than normal conventional wisdom it got really easy to find great people. It got really easy to keep them. Whereas the conventional wisdom is, nobody wants to work today, right? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Raise your hand if you've said that. Please welcome to the stage, Nick Glassett. Did anybody go to Bourbon Street last night? <laughs> me too. So. All right, so yes, my name is Nick Glassett. Um, if you guys could do me a quick favor, um, if you know who I am in any way, shape, or form, besides me being on the stage a little bit yesterday, do me a favor and just raise your hand if you know who I am. I just want to get a feel for the room. Okay, that was about accurate. I was, I was shooting for one third, I think I about, I think I about got it. So for those of you that don't know who I am, um, I started a bounce house business. Um, my beautiful wife is over here with a camera right now. She went and bought two bounce houses in 2019, and uh, she called me and, and kind of ran it by me. I said, go ahead. And uh, she said, I know you want to start a little bit of a business on the side so you can learn to be an entrepreneur so you can go start a real business later on. And so I started running, running out two bounce houses. Um, I then started a Christmas light installation business about the same time, kind of by accident. Um, and then they were just kind of both little cute little side hustle things, and they uh, ended up turning into real businesses. Um, from that point forward, um, I always had a dream of being a YouTuber, like kind of like probably just about everybody in here, right? Everybody wants to start a YouTube channel. Um, and so I was training an employee how to roll a bounce house, and I was like, holy shit, this is the YouTube channel. 
So he literally, I handed him my phone and he filmed me rolling a bounce house and then I started making YouTube content after that. So that's kind of like a business in and of itself, right? As the YouTube channel gained traction and got success, um, I was super humbled. It, it went way better, way faster than I ever thought it would. Um, if you want to look me up, it's just my name, Nick Glassett is my channel name. Um, but as it started to take off, like I kind of knew like, okay, now that I've got this audience, I need to launch something I can sell. So I launched the jumpoffstore.com. Um, I, I sell tools for labels there. Um, as things kind of continue on growing, um, Matt from Big Bright Inflatables, who you guys met yesterday, um, and he'll be up here to talk a little bit later today. He, he also randomly has a Christmas light installation business. Uh, but he called me and said, we need to launch a Christmas light uh, distribution business. We need to sell Christmas lights. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I know that you're right, right? So we started that. Um, so those are, you know, all of my businesses there. And then I talked a little bit yesterday about our booking business raise that uh, Brooke and I recently launched. That was kind of another situation where it was like, I see white space and I see an opportunity. So I recruited Brooke away to quit her job so we could launch that. Um, and now we run bookings for, for people. Um, I have um, a lot of people, especially online, I'll get a lot of DMs from people that are asking me, how do I manage all this? How do I balance all of this? Like, you know, like, you must be the busiest guy ever. Yes, I am trying to be the busiest guy ever. I do a pretty damn good job of it. Uh, but I also have a wife and we have two children. She's an entrepreneur, she owns her own business. So we stay very busy, right? When people ask me how I do all this, like they're so impressed. You know, the, the answer is people. I, I, I don't do all that much, right? My, my employees do. They enable me to go start another business when I get an itch because they do a great job in the business that I have now, right? They, they do a great job at running it. And so what I wanted to talk to you guys today about is kind of, I guess, how I, how I built that or my philosophies for team building and for hiring. I tend to be a little bit of, I don't want to say a contrarian because that might put me in a bad light, but I, I tend to be just a little bit different um, in the way I think about things. So a long time ago, I kind of went down this journey. I was a corporate employee. I kind of went down this journey of getting obsessed, like utterly obsessed with interviewing, with doing job interviews. Something that uh, doesn't get a lot of credit and, and doesn't get a lot of, um, right, it's not sexy. Generally speaking, to do a job interview, you're kind of like dreading it, right? You, you kinda, it, it almost is like a waste of time. And so I was having a hard time hiring good employees at my corporate job, and I needed to hire a lot of employees at that job. And so, um, I, yeah, I ended up kind of getting obsessed with interviewing. And as I went down that path, I started to notice something that was a lot different than normal conventional wisdom. It got really easy to find great people. It got really easy to keep them. Whereas the conventional wisdom is nobody wants to work today, right? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Raise your hand if you've said that. Okay. So. I actually was uh, doing a teeny tiny bit of research for this speech, um, and I actually Googled that. It was first coined in a newspaper in 1856, I think, talking about coal miners that were on strike. In 1856, nobody wanted to work these days. <laughs> and then it's been repeated every generation for infinity. 
right? It'll just keep being a thing that we all say. The first thing I kind of want to talk about here is a little bit fluffy, right? But it's kind of that mindset. I'm a firm believer in, I'm a firm believer in the, the, the law of attraction. Not talking about laying in your bed, manifesting things, okay? While that has proven to have some awkward results, that's not what I mean when I, when I mean the, the law of attraction. What I mean is kind of the old adage of you find what you're looking for. So if you know for a fact that nobody wants to work today and all the kids are lazy and they're entitled and they're da 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 and you know for a fact that if you hire them, they're going to suck, what happens? You hire them and they... Absolutely. Whereas, with my mentality, I'm backwards. I know for a fact that there's 7 billion people on Earth and a vast majority of them want to work. Of course they want to work. They want to lay around all day and be lazy and do a shitty job? No. They just want to work somewhere where they feel empowered. They want to work somewhere where they can build something. That is extremely important today, especially if you hire younger generation. If you skew a little bit younger in your hiring, they want to build. They want to be you. Every single kid wants to be a YouTuber. Every single kid wants to be a professional gamer. Every single kid wants to be Gary Vaynerchuk. So you give them a shot at that, you have a much better chance at retention, and they will work hard for you, I promise. Okay, now, you, um, you're not going to obviously be able to manifest those employees coming to you just by changing your mindset, right? There's actions that go into that. I'm gonna get to those in just a second. But what I did wanna kind of make a point to here is over the years um, in my corporate career, I've led a lot of people and then now um, I have right around 11 to 12 employees, somewhere in that ballpark. And I've noticed that um, the, the harder that I push to change their mind, the less they change their mind. So I don't wanna stand up here today and preach mindset and, and hammer it in your head to try and change your mind. I just wanna give you the opportunity, I wanna kind of give you a different perspective that can maybe help change your mindset a little bit. The funny thing about human beings is changing your mind is actually, it's actually strikingly easy. You can literally wake up tomorrow and totally change your mind about something. Happened to us the other day, we were watching a show. You guys, you guys saw my recent Facebook post, you're probably gonna laugh, but we watched a show about the vegan diet. It was a documentary. It was awesome about twins. It was super awesome. Literally, in that evening, I changed my mind about the vegan diet, totally. Like, I was never anti, but, but she's been trying to get me to go down that road for a long time, and I was like, hey, I don't know. And then in one evening, I changed my whole mind. So, that's kind of what I want to just invite you to as, um, as I talk, and then if, if we have time for, I love, I love Q&A, I love answering questions, so we have time, we can get to that. Um, but that's just what I'm inviting you to, is just opportunity to change your mind, because I believe it's opposite as everybody else. So let's get into some of the kind of tactical things. 
I want to try and give you guys something you can leave here with and put into action. So, one of the first things I noticed when I am around a lot of entrepreneurs, and I've been lucky enough to be in some similar rooms to this, is the, the, the number of entrepreneurs that don't do an interview when they hire is astonishing to me. They don't do them. Most of the conversations I've had, they don't do them. Right now, I'm standing up here as the obsessed interview guy, so obviously to me, that's wildly outrageous. <laughs> but I think through a hiring problem and the solution is the interview. And so if you're not doing an interview, I don't understand how you can say nobody wants to work because you're not taking an audit of their skills on the front end. You have no idea who they are, then they start to work for you and they don't do a very good job. And then you end up in the vicious cycle. So one of, so let's, let's go through, let's do this. We'll go through the interview a little bit. So what is an interview? It's just a conversation. That's all it is, it's just a conversation. I have a highly valuable YouTube video where I literally just had my phone record me while I did an interview. The kid didn't even know it, and to this day he actually still doesn't know. It is a, a, a video that I knew would be valuable, and it's a video that I knew nobody would watch. It's not very sexy, and it's not very flashy, but you get to watch me do an interview, and, and you get to watch my inter interesting style. So, here's my favorite interview trick of all time. The questions, they're kind of not really questions, they're almost more prompts. And what I do is, and I call this trick, tell me a story, tell me a story. And so, when I ask a question to them, I, it's a very open-ended question, um, it's very, it's very, it's designed to get them to talk and tell a story. The reason I started doing that is I noticed as a human being starts to tell a story, it's really obvious if they're lying, right? So you ask them to tell a story, they're gonna tell you the truth and you will be shocked. Some of the things that come out of people's mouths if you just shut up and listen to their stories. Okay, so tell me a story is the best interview trick of all time. Now, what about the questions? What, what, what do you ask? So what I like to do is, I, I you need to have, let's see, let me back up. In your business, you need to know who the hell you want to hire. Like, who do you want to hire? You need to know this. So, two of the things that I look for that are highly important to me, because if the person that I hire doesn't have this, it drives me absolutely insane. Number one is they need to be smart. Oh my God, it wears me out. I can't handle it. You gotta be intelligent, okay? Yeah, you can't. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody in here watches football or NFL. I'm, I'm a soccer player, but I love sports and we're in America, so like you're obligated to watch the NFL, right? <laughs> so, but if, you, but if you watch the games, like the fastest NFL team wins a lot. Like just the fastest guy. You can't teach speed. You have to draft your team for speed. And I look at the exact same thing with intelligence. Like I can't teach somebody to be smart. Like I gotta draft a smart player on my team. So the number one thing is they need to be smart, intelligent, able to solve problems, et cetera, down that line. The number two thing that I look for is urgency. 
I cannot stand when you look at the employee on, right? So on Saturday morning at 6 a.m., the warehouse is a very busy space. Everybody's moving. During the summer, we'll have seven to eight employees there. And uh, I still like to go up on the mornings. I help the guys load on Saturday mornings. I just like to be there. I like to be around them. And if I've got the one guy that's like moping around, I go nuts because I just can't stand the, the, the fact that you don't care. Okay? So for me, the definition of urgency is to move with purpose. As the interview starts, right? The interview starts as they open the door to come into my office. And if they open the door to come in my office and they come in all looking cool and calm and chill and relaxed, like, I'm already out. Like, I need you to come in and with purpose to this interview. So the way that I, uh, the way that I look for urgency is I will ask a question. Okay, so here's an example of one of my tell you story questions. So I'll say, tell me a story about a time your boss gave you a whole bunch to do and it was like a hectic day. Like a crazy hectic day, right? If they start talking, I shut up. If they don't start talking, because it takes people a second to think of the story, I kind of will stop for them, but I'll just kind of keep running my mouth a little bit until like, you see their light bulb gone, and I go, yeah, okay, cool, dude, tell me the story. And then I listen. And what you're listening for in this story is to see if they have urgency. So if they say, yeah, my boss put all this, right, and they speak highly of their boss, he put all this work on me, I didn't know how I was gonna get it done. And the story goes, and it is a good story, you're, right, excited. As the story goes the opposite direction, he's like, yeah, my dipshit boss gave me all this work to do and I knew I wouldn't be able to get it done. Nobody around there wants to do anything, right? You know you're going the opposite direction. So what I look for then in those stories or, or how I listen to the story is I play a movie in my head. So as they're giving details, I'm creating the scene in my head. As the scene in my head is not complete, I just ask questions. So I'll interrupt mid-story, like two seconds. Where are we when this conversation is happening? Like, are we? Are you in your office with the employee, or are you like out on the sales floor? Like, where are we? They fill you in. You're like, okay, cool, got it. And they jump right back into their story. And you just listen and ask those little teeny tiny follow-up questions. And you do that enough times to make sure you can either check the box yes or check the box no on urgency. And then you move on to whatever else is important for you. Customer service, friendliness, right? You, you guys have your own company culture, so you guys know. In doing that whole entire process, it takes, you know, a good interview will take, I'm long-winded, so I'm, I'm longer than 30 minutes, but a good interview takes 45 minutes to, to 60 minutes to do. And you may say that's a long freaking time to talk to a 16-year-old about shooting foam at a party, <laughs> okay? But what happens though, it's kind of like a dating analogy. So as you have this long drawn out conversation, let me back up. It's my opinion that in, in our industry that generally speaking, unless this, unless this interview comes from like a, a good solid reference that like works for you, generally speaking, this person, this kid, is probably showing up to the interview wondering whether or not they're gonna say yes. Like, what the hell is a phone party? Like, what? They don't understand, they don't know, right? They don't know that a small business has a highly passionate owner that does everything and needs some help, right? 
They're just thinking about the money and the workload. So it's important for me to make sure to change their mind. I need to show them how big of a deal the jump off is to me. How big of a deal Christmas light is, installation is to me. How big of a deal our phone parties really are. Okay, I do that, I communicate that in the interview with my passion, with my communication style, but I also do it by playing hard to get. That's the dating analogy, right? They show up and they're like, man, this guy's intense. This is, a, this is quite the interview. They're going through and they're like, right? You can almost see their posture change when they realize how big of a deal this is to you. And as that kind of continues, right? They get way more serious. Their stories start to get better and they're like, fuck, I want to work for this guy. It's awesome. If they have the skills that, I, that I'm looking for, right? So if it's a good interview, it goes on a little bit longer than if it's a bad interview, right? If they're no good, I'm not going to run my mouth a whole bunch. If, they, if this is a good interview, and I really like this person, I think they're a good match for our culture at the jump off, I then switch it up. I start telling stories. I start recruiting them in the interview, and they already want to work for me. But in doing that, I've done this, I've, I've A-B tested every single thing there is to A-B test when it comes to doing an interview. I've done it a million different ways, a million different times. And what I noticed was when I have that good interview, if I then get to talk for 15 to 20 minutes, and I get to tell stories that are very rich with culture, I get to tell the important stories that formed the culture of the jump off. I get to tell, I get to sit there and tell them I'm gonna take over the fucking world. Guess what? They wanna help take over the world. They do. So then when the interview's over and it goes amazing, I stand up and I shake their hand, and I'll call you in one week. Does not matter, does not matter how good this interview goes. I shake their hand and I tell them, I'll, I'll call you in one week. I usually give them a day. If you don't hear from me by next Tuesday, you call me. I almost never call anybody. I almost always wait for them to call me. It does not matter how well this interview went. They we're dating. And I want, I want, this, and I want this, this date of mine to chase me. I want them to want me. <laughs> And it works. So when I when I then get to tell them, and by the way, a lot of this happens via text message because the younger generation loves a freaking text message. So I communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with. I do get shit that it's unprofessional, and it's that like I can rip. I already know they're amazing. The this form of communication doesn't really matter after I put them through hell. Right? This interview, this waiting, and they're, they're, they're waiting with bated breath to hear from me, and then they never hear from me, and they got to reach out to me. They're going to be doing it like a little bit probably shy, and they're going to do it the way they're comfortable, which is a text message. So I, I now actually literally just tell them to text me. Okay, just say, text, text me or call me, but like totally cool with text. So then I hire them, and I bring them on. And they're like, yes! I can't believe I got the job at the bounce house place. This is so Right? Like... You start to say it out loud, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> but they're very excited to come work for me. And so then they come in, 
and they start meeting my other employees, who guess what? Are all super excited to work for me. They absolutely love working there. They're passionate about the jump off. They give a shit to a degree that is inspirational. And they're, a lot of them are teenagers. I've got a, I got a couple, couple guys that work for me that are 21, but, but most of them are teenagers. And so when this a new employee comes in and is like, wow, this dude wasn't joking. All those stories that he just told me last week are true. Like, you start to then have a dynamic inside the business built with employees that do a good job and then it kind of starts to just be the opposite of a vicious cycle. Like it just kind of starts to be this positive thing that just kind of gains momentum. Another challenge arises there, when you have good, it's harder to have good employees than it is to have bad employees. Because good employees want things like attention and raises and more responsibilities. So once you start to have an ecosystem of good employees, now the whole thing kind of shifts and becomes you steering the boat of culture and keeping them engaged and giving them what they want, all right? I have a monthly meeting we do every month. We all gather at the office, right? We got the party round tables out. I make a little outline. It's pretty laid back, as I am a pretty laid back dude. Yeah, let me go back to the interview a little bit. My style is not intense. Like, when it comes to, like, I'm not out there beating them up. I'm very, it's just like this. The conversation happens just like this. I call him dude 50 times. Like, it's very relaxed. That's my style. Um, and then that's the style as well as our monthly meetings. And I get input from my manager, my two, my two managers, what we need to talk about, what they're seeing out in the field that's a mess. It's good camaraderie. Sometimes I buy them Subway sandwiches. Sometimes Michelle buys them chips. Sometimes they don't get anything because I'm busy. It is what it is. Then we also just started doing one-on-ones. So I started doing one-on-ones with them. Something I did in my corporate life, uh, right, it was mandated. But um, I, I really enjoyed it because that, that one-on-one kind of interview setting, I really, like, my juices get flowing and really come alive. It's just, it's just one of my best forms of communication is kind of that interview setting. So being as somebody who wants to take over the world, I decided it's probably a good idea to do the one-on-ones. And so I did the, kind of the same thing. I made an outline. It was about a page long. Um, each meeting was eh, roughly 45 minutes. Some of the newer guys was quicker because they didn't hit on some of the heavy stuff. Um, Trevor um, is kind of like been the main employee in, the, in both the businesses. His was the longest. It was like two hours. But we do those one-on-ones just to help me steer that culture. Once I got the right people, I need to retain them. As this whole thing starts happening, right? They want to invest in the business. They want to, they want some skin in the game. I've let two of my employees invest in the jump off. You keep going down the line, they want to be you. And so I give them an opportunity to do that. Trevor's going to open the jump off in a new city and it's going to be his. He gets access to me, right? He gets all the processes that we do. He gets. Right, all the stuff that makes the jump off special, well, he'll have access to, right? Kind of like a franchise thing. But he approached me and said he wanted to do it. I said, hell yeah. I have no idea how to do it. 
So you got to be patient with me while I figure it out. But we're going to do it. But that's because the employees are that driven. The employees um, I take that much care and I take that much pride in who I let in the door. And then once they're in the door, I take that much pride in making sure they want to stay in the door. And it's, it's, it's positioned my businesses in a place where I can tomorrow, don't, don't worry, I'm not gonna do this, but tomorrow I can go start another company if I wanted to. She gives me a lot of shit because I got a lot of it. But, but, but it, all of that whole process is extraordinarily important. Okay, I would love, if there's questions, I would love to take some questions. And how am I doing on time, by the way, Brian? Okay, cool. So you talked about bringing your staff back to your other staff. All my staff work individually, and we don't go to the office unless we're paid to do so. So no one's there to like interact. Okay. So I'm having to build relationships one-on-one. -on -one. I know that. I'm having to build relationships one-on-one -on -one because my staff don't typically work together. So I know that's not what you're doing, so it might not even be a great question for you to answer. But do you have any thoughts or ideas on how to build that company culture with individuals when they're not with each other? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would, So in, in my past life as a corporate employee, um, I was a district manager. I oversaw a whole bunch of stores. And so I, didn't, like, I would kind of like make the joke like, to my, my main employees, like the store managers, right? Like, you get to work with your bosses never around. Like, I'm never around. Like, I see you once every six weeks, maybe. And so, um, when I transitioned to that role, it was very similar, where I felt like, in the, right, as a store manager, I was around the, I was around the team every freaking day, and then you become a district manager, and like, you have nothing, you, have, you never are around them. And so what I would do is I would try to organize um, main, like, a main meetings, um, and some of these were corporate, corporate mandated, but we'd have one to get ready for the big back to school selling period. We'd have one to get ready for the big Christmas period, right? And so, and all those store managers don't work with each other either. Like they're the lifeblood of the entire organization, like my little mini organization that I was running, and they never work together either. And so it's very important um, to have those. So um, my guys definitely work with each other um, pre a, a pretty good bit, but we still do. We have a Christmas party at our house every year with the guys. You know, get a bunch of food, get a bunch of booze, hang out, and, and um, just kind of chill. And, and the guys can tell stories and jokes, or they can talk about work, like whatever we want. But I would, I would highly suggest just do some sort of meeting and some sort of party so that way because when you get them around each other, they, they'll start talking um, about the culture. They'll start sharing best practices and, and really start to kind of come together and, and build some camaraderie. So, um, not really a question. <clears throat> Just want to let you know I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I also tend to hire younger, and I, and I use a very similar approach to do the interview. Um, and I just want to say that uh, one of the things I found, that's in, especially with the younger people, the teens, you know, the 16, 17-year-olds, um, you know, they want to learn, they're very eager, you know, so it's their the first job. Um, but you also have to realize that they're still just learning, they're still just growing. And you have to be prepared as an entrepreneur to in, invest time to teach them. 
So a lot of times that when you know I'll be doing work at the shop, I'll be building something, I'm always building something, I'm always fixing something, and so I get them involved. Like, okay, I need you to measure this, I need you to cut this, I need you to do this. So constantly giving them little things that they can accomplish and see that, and at the end of the day, I'm like, what did you learn today? You know, we kind of we talk about what did you learn? Such uh, an amazing question. Exactly. So. So one of the things that I think is very important is that when you when you hire, especially with, you know with the younger people, the you know 15, 16, 17 year olds, um, is to realize that you know that they want to succeed. They really want to do this. And one of the kids I have working for me right now, um, he has his own key to the warehouse. And he's just a junior in high school. And I know I can call him right now and say, Hey, I need you to go clean the truck and clean the shop. And that's all I would have to say. And I'd be in there tomorrow, and the shop would be spotless, and everything would be done. So it's really important as an entrepreneur that you take time to invest um, and really, you know, understand these kids because they they, they want to do good. Um, they, they, but at the same time, they don't know much. So you, you know, you, you have to ask the right questions and to look for those those tells of that they they want to do something. So I agree with everything you say. I think it's very important. Um, and now we just add that. Be prepared to invest time in that person. Because if not, then they're going to call you the dipshit boss when they're talking to their next potential employer. Yeah, I, I, I love what I do with an interview um, with somebody that doesn't have a job, it would be their first job. Um, or even better, and then I'll ask, like, how many times have you ever been to an interview? So if you get the rare one where they're like, this is my first interview, like, I start to try to loosen up. I'm like, do you have any idea how, like, you're going to remember me forever? It's your first interview. You're going to tell this story forever. But, but it's very true, they're, they're, they're so moldable and so eager. Give them, give them what they want, give them what they need. This concept of hiring very young teenagers terrifies me, but I'm not sure. Okay, is there, like, do you hire your people as full-time employees or as subcontractors? So everybody's W-2, okay. so, um, well I take that back, my office manager is 1099, because okay. uh, she works from the home on her own laptop and blah blah blah, and she prefers that I ask her, and she's like, no, please, 1099. Um, but everybody else is W-2, um, they're on payroll, so everything's, yeah, everything's... So you promise them so many hours a week, I take it? You, no, I, I, no, I promise them nothing. So it's still, <laughs> it's still as you get bookings, basically. Yeah, so, so basically... They're okay uh, with that. Yes. So, so um, I recruit. I recruit in kind of a, a unique way as well. Whereas uh, I don't. Right. There's not a lot of hours because we run. We'll run. We'll run one route Friday, big route Saturday, and like, and then during summertime it'll be kind of a medium route Friday, three to four routes Saturday, three to four routes Sunday. Yeah, maybe two on Monday. Um, and so, like, when I recruit, I tell them, like, I don't need like. What do you do on Wednesday? They're like, oh, I got this thing. I got this co I'm in college. I got this other job. I'm a landscaper, whatever. I'm like, that's fucking perfect. I only need you on Saturday and Sunday. That's it. Workers' comp, all that. Yeah. Workers' comp. Uh, my workers' comp is a uh, pay as you go or pay as you. Like, it's based on how much the payroll is. So it kind of fluctuates. Right now, it's really low because payroll is low. Um, and then what I do, maybe this will help answer your question too. And so uh, the way we schedule, like all my employees are self-scheduled. I don't schedule, I don't make a schedule. They pick all their own shifts. So there's a Google Drive, no, a Google Docs, like the spreadsheet, the Google spreadsheet, that is um, the office. And then she goes and fills in the spreadsheet and then 
and she goes and tells. So basically the way I do it now is she tells the two, my two managers. So, so Trevor and Isaiah, um, they're the ones that have a key to the warehouse. Again, it was like giving you a key to the warehouse. <laughs> they're so excited, they're so excited. Um, yes, but so it goes to them first. They cherry pick the, they cherry pick the uh, shifts they want. And then anything that's open then goes to the rest of the guys. It's just sent me a group chat. Um, and then they go and they fill in their own names. Every now and then there'll be one that's not full. And I realized, I, I learned you can't text someone to fill that. You, they say no every time. If you pick up the phone and actually call, they never tell you no. They tell you yes every single time. Uh, but it's pretty rare. But yeah, I let them self-schedule, then that's it. Um, All right. Nick, thank you so much. Let's give a big round of applause to Nick Lassick.